Hey folks, before we get started uh, for this episode, I uh, just want to throw this out there. Uh, you, The interviews that were conducted on this episode uh, were done on location at Fan Expo New Orleans. Uh, and uh, because of the pandemic, uh, all of the guests that were on location uh, were wearing masks, so you will find some sound distortion, uh, which of course can't be um, prevented when you are wearing face masks. So if you notice that, that's the reason why. Uh, but I do appreciate those guys uh, who took the time to speak to me while I was covering the event. Uh, but anyway, I hope you enjoy the show. It's time for the Comic Bing Comic Book Podcast. The podcast you look forward to for all of your news and reviews of the best comic books hitting stands. Whether it's DC, Marvel, Image, Boom, or whatever book or publisher you follow, this is the place for you. That's right. It's for everyone. This is the Comic Bin Comic Book Podcast. Let's get it. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Comic Pen Comic Book Podcast. I am your host, Dio, and this is going to be another special episode for you today. Um, as I mentioned in last episode, when I interviewed the rep from Fan Expo about their show in New Orleans, that I would be covering that show, and so I'm going to be reporting on uh, my time there. With this episode and and I was uh, happy to be able to speak to a few creators that were on site uh, for the event. I wasn't able to meet and interview everyone I wanted to speak with, uh, but I was able to uh, speak with a few creators that are out there uh, just to see what they're up to and what they may have coming down the pipeline. Uh, so we're going to do that a little bit later. Uh, but first, as always, we're going to kick things off with the news. And so uh, the most recent news is uh, the Flashpoint universe is back. Now, DC announced this week that Jeff Johns is going to be returning to DC to write Flashpoint Beyond, uh, which sees Flashpoint Batman, a.k.a. Thomas Wayne, return to the Flashpoint universe, which has somehow been resurrected uh, since the days of Rebirth, uh, as we know, uh, when Flashpoint occurred, you know, the universe was destroyed as uh, Barry Allen, you know, went back and, and corrected the events uh, that, that led to his creation. Uh, but then we also saw in uh, during the Rebirth era, uh, during the Button arc that was written by Joshua Williamson and Tom Kane, that um, Flashpoint Batman was able to get out of the Flashpoint universe uh, as it was getting destroyed. I mean, you know, if you can remember the series, uh, Bruce and Barry uh, was somehow able to get to the Flashpoint universe uh, Brutes met his father for the first time as an adult, and uh, 
as they were leaving and the Flashpoint universe was getting destroyed again. Uh, we see that Thomas was able to make his way into the main universe, the main DC universe, and, you know, has since then uh, been the main big bad, uh, come to find out, in the City of Bane uh, storyline that finished up Tom King's run on Batman. And then most recently we've seen him in uh, Justice League Incarnate. You know, he played a big role in Joshua Williamson's Infinite, Infinite Frontier uh, event. And, you know, he's been a part of Justice League Incarnate, and since then we've seen that the Flashpoint universe has been resurrected. So, uh, Flashpoint Beyond is going to uh, release uh, with a zero issue on April fifth, and then uh, it will be followed by six more issues that will uh, come out every other week, uh, finishing up near the end of June with uh, issue number six. So be on the lookout for that. Um, not sure my interest just yet. I want to read a little bit more about it to see whether or not I will be picking it up. But uh, Flashpoint Beyond from DC coming out beginning in April. So over at Marvel, Marvel is doing what? They do best, and that is rebooting and relaunching books. Uh, so, if you can remember, late last year, sometime last year, they announced that uh, John Romita Jr. would be returning to Marvel to do some full-time stuff, and then uh, they teased at some point that it would be coming to do Spider-Man. Well, uh, they finally announced that yes, John Romita Jr. would be joining writer Zeb Wells on writing Amazing Spider-Man. But they have now revealed that uh, they will actually be relaunching Amazing Spider-Man uh, with number one. So with this newest number one, that will be um, volume seven of the series that will be getting uh, this time. It's going to release in April. So... Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr. teaming up uh, to do Amazing Spider-Man. I'm not certain I'm going to be picking this up myself. Um, I, I faithfully read Spider-Man uh, maybe halfway through Nick Spencer's run. And uh, for me, it got kind of old with the whole Kindred storyline. Uh, but for those who are Spider-Man fans and uh, looking for a good jumping on point, if you can hold out until April uh, when this new series, uh, when this new relaunch occurs, uh, you now have a starting point with uh, Spider-Man number one, written by Zeb Wells with art by John Romita Jr. Over at Titan Comics, they revealed the cover for their Free Comic Book Day 2022 issue. And again, remember, Free Comic Book Day is the uh, first Saturday in the month of May. But the cover dons the image of the Fugitive Doctor, uh, who uh, was played in the Doctor Who series by Joe Martin. 
a lot of a lot of buzz uh, came out when Joe Martin was revealed in that episode uh, last season, not this one that just ended, but the one before that, uh, when she was revealed as being a Time Lord and being a doctor herself. Uh, so be on the lookout for that with uh, New Comic Book Day. Remember, that's going to be on May 7th. And uh, so pick up a copy of that if you are interested in reading about the adventures of the Fugitive Doctor. Uh, and that that issue is going to be written by Jody Hauser, who, have, who has done uh, several Doctor Who comics uh, in the past already. And Roberta Ibnada is going to be the artist on that issue. So again, uh, free comic book day issue of Doctor Who releasing in May on the 7th for free comic book day. And then last thing I want to cover uh, over at Marvel again, uh, and, and as you know, I've been giddy about this since they first announced uh, with the release of issue one of She-Hulk, uh, which is going to happen uh, in a uh, few weeks. Actually, I'm sorry. No, it, it releases next week on the 19th. Um, they have uh, released a preview of the first issue with some um, nice panels from, again, without too much dialogue, uh, but the, the, the preview reveals uh, a nice battle between uh, She-Hulk and Titania, uh, who, you know, is a classic She-Hulk uh, rival. Uh, so the but again the artwork from Roger Antonio looks really nice. Uh, so they revealed that uh, this week. Now the other thing that I'm excited about, and I did not I did not know this, uh, was that there are actually even more variant covers that are out there. Um, my count right now with the with the number of covers that I've personally have ordered is I am up to I'm up to four I believe um, I'm up here looking now just to make sure yeah four or five I'm up to five covers uh, including the Dan Jurgens one the one by Raza uh, and the variant cover from Joe Jusco uh, so excited about this book but Again, there are some more variant covers that look rather nice, and I'm not sure if I'm going to pick these up either. But again, again huge fan. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of looking at the Mike Mayhew variant and the Miguel Mercado variant, which I haven't ordered, but I am kind of tempted to do so. So again, uh, She-Hulk number one will be released uh, on the 19th. I can't wait to get my copies of it and uh, you'll probably see a review on the website of issue one. So be on the lookout for that. And that's going to be it for the news uh, for this episode. So after you know the events of 2020, we saw uh, cons make their way back into 
uh, the schedule for con and pop culture fans around the country. Uh, so, you know, during the latter months of 2021, we saw a lot of events uh, that we typically would have seen early in the year. So, for example, um, San Diego had an event in November. Uh, we saw New York Comic Con push their events back. Uh, the same happened with um, East Coast Comic Con as well as C2E2. Now, most of those uh, organizations have already announced that they will be going back to their typical schedule here in 2022. Uh, and I had tons of fun. I'm actually putting a story together for the site of the events that I had the pleasure of attending uh, during 2021 as cons made their way back. Uh, but what was also announced in 2021 was that Fan Expo would be taking over six of the shows that used to be under the Wizard World umbrella. And uh, as you can remember from last episode, that first one of 2022 was Fan Expo New Orleans. And so that occurred uh, this past weekend on the 7th, the weekend of the 7th, uh, 7, 8, and 9th. And I had the pleasure of attending all three days of the event. And I was pleasantly uh, surprised by the turnout uh, for the event, uh, considering there was a lot going on in, in the past month with the emergence of the Omicron variant of uh, COVID. And, uh, you know, when that really started to take hold, we saw a, a lot of, guests that were lined up to attend Fan Expo New Orleans uh, start to drop out. Uh, so there were several that I was set to interview uh, doing Fan Expo that I wasn't able to uh, because either they uh, canceled their attendance or had some other issues. So um, hopefully I'll be able to uh, make that up and have them on the show sometime in the future. Uh, but while I was there, uh, and again, I'm happy that uh, Fan Expo didn't cancel the show. Uh, it was it was well represented. I want to give props to uh, the fans of uh, from the New Orleans area who took the time to attend that weekend. And again, I, I went to all three days. Uh, the slowest day was, of course, that first one being Friday. Uh, which is mainly, you know, about setting up for those vendors and guests. Uh, that was also time for me and others in the press to go out and, and meet with uh, some of those in attendance. And, and, and Fan Expo sets Friday as press day to really get out there and, and meet and interview folks. And then um, Saturday and Sunday, again, Saturday was well represented uh, by fans. Uh, and then Sunday had a good turnout as well. I went in uh, the last few hours of the show, and uh, despite that being the last few hours, again, it was it was well represented. So, again, props to the fans in the New Orleans area for showing up and representing uh, for Fan Expo's first show of the year and its first show in New Orleans. Uh, so, the uh, first group that I was able to 
interview while they're at Fan Expo uh, with Marcus Williams and Greg Burnham. Uh, these guys are a couple of indie creators uh, that I first met in Atlanta at Dragon Con. And they are the co-creators of Tuskegee Airs, uh, which is a group of uh, air fighters uh, in a world where flying planes and flying jets is illegal. Uh, but these are some covert kids who do just that. And so I had a opportunity to meet these guys and talk to them for a few minutes about uh, Tuskegee Airs and, and where that series is getting ready to go. Uh, they've already have four issues out and they are preparing for another. Um, but spoke to them for a few minutes about what uh, they were doing and what fans had to look out for uh, with regards to Tuskegee Airs as well as some of the other things that they have out. So I hope you enjoy this, this, this first interview. Hey guys, it's Theo from the Comic Bank Comic Book Podcast. I am here with Greg Burnham and Marcus Williams, the co-creators of Tuskegee Airs, Flame of Destiny. How you guys doing? I'm doing great, man. Marcus Williams here. Greg Burnham, and I'm also doing great. Yeah, now the first time I met you guys were at Dragon Con in 2019, and the yard just got out with volume one of Tuskegee Airs, and I was able to pick up a copy. What have you guys been doing since then? I just staying busy, man. Still producing, still uh, going to as many shows as we're allowed to go to, um, barring this this wonderful pandemic and so forth. But uh, been just busy, man. Staying working. Greg has got some other stuff he's been doing. Yeah. Um, since then, we've dropped another issue of Tuskegee Airs. We're working on a couple at the same time right now. We'll get some more stuff out, and then I have another series, The Search for Sadika. I have two and a half issues of that one so far. So a little bit about the, the, the search for Sadiq. I, I backed that when it was on Kickstarter when it first came out. Oh, nice. So um, since the first issue where she, she realized that she was a little bit more special and she was able to escape and get home to get away from uh, the guys that were trying to kill her and the family, uh, what has she been up to? Oh, man. So uh, at this point, she's on her own. She's headed off, you know, on her quest. I don't want to give it all away for the people. Right, right, right. Uh, she's headed off on her quest. So the next issue is basically, it, um, it kind of lays out, you know, the beginning steps of where she's going. There's some really great action in there, uh, as well as storytelling. Introduce um, another partner of hers that's going to be accompanying her. And um, we also get to break down a little bit of what, what happened, uh, what caused the Tuskegee, I mean, the Tulsa, mm -hmm. Oklahoma, Black right, Wall right, Street right. Massacre, because I didn't really show it in the first issue. So the second issue um, definitely shows, you know, some of the things that really happened. And that was important to me because even though, you know, we have seen um, what the Watchmen and um, Lovecraft Country, mm -hmm. they kind of cover some of it, but those shows aren't palatable for like kids. You know, like I wouldn't show my kids those shows because it's just adult content. Right. So this way, and this, you know, this is like an all ages book. So kids can actually get a taste of what actually happened when they're reading, as well as the adults that are not really familiar 
uh, and again, how, if you, if, how it really rolled if out. If you all haven't read Sadiq uh, yet, uh, again, issues one and zero are out, uh, but it is based on the events of the Tulsa race riot uh, that happened on Black Wall Street back in the early 1900s. So again, pick it up. It's based on that great book, great series. Marcus. So your art is very unique. I appreciate where, where it. You, where do you get your inspiration for your drawing from? I'm a fan first, man. A lot of my work is based on fan, fanship, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So um, if it's exciting to me design-wise, I'm a character designer by trade. So I do focus on character design uh, almost primarily. That's usually what starts my my process of, you know, to look cool. Mm -hmm. And I usually primarily am focusing on a design or a redesign. Mm -hmm. So that's usually inspiration. Um, I, I do have moments where I have, you know, uh, unique characters in mind, things that I want to make for my own universe and my own creations. And so, but I don't really, I, I, I kind of hold back on posting, you know, my original IP stuff mm -hmm. uh, until I'm ready to release it. And then, I put it out there, but I've done it sometimes. And if you guys can see this table right now with these prints that he has, man, it looks awesome. You got a mixture of some of their uh, individual work with, with Tuskegee Airs and, and Sadiq, but there's also the rendition of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles look absolutely awesome. So Yeah, that's a good example of, yeah. you know, I'm a huge fan of the Turtles, man, but it, it's just, I wanted to do something where I showed Raph as an old, uh, you know, old turtle. And um, I wasn't really, I didn't have a story in mind or any kind of fiction. It just started with this and ended with this in my mind. Mm -hmm. But apparently you just can't draw one Ninja Turtle online. And so everybody was like, yo, where's Leo? Where's Donnie? Where's Mikey? And then the whole thing just kind of unfolded from there. But, you know, it's still character design to me. You know, that's right. For yeah. sure. And just so you know, you guys know, I'm, I'm, I'm in press mode today, but I'm going to be in buyer mode tomorrow. And I am scoping out this picture that this print he got of a uh, storm over here. So, uh. Cool. If that's the last one, you need to put that up for me so nah, I can get got, back to it tomorrow. <laughs> we got more. <laughs> so if, 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 if guys want to know what, what where to pick up copies of Tuskegee Air, or to pick up copies of The Search for the Sadiq, where can they go to get that? Um, sorry. So you can definitely go to TuskegeeAirs.com, um, and that has most of the stuff. I still haven't put issue one on there for uh, Sadika yet. Mm -hmm. But I do have my own website that has my children's books and some other stuff that I do. Um, and that's called Platform, P-L-A-T-F-O-R-M, let the letter L7.com. Uh, so that's just PlatformL7.com. And uh, you can grab, you know, like all the stuff, my uh, Sadika posters and all that stuff as well. Okay. And I'm going to have all this information in the show notes. So if you guys want to know and, and go out there and, and take a look at some of these things these guys are offering go out there and give them your support do y'all got do you have any uh kickstarter projects that you have planned in the future um so i gotta mention this because i'm in new orleans uh so beautiful barbecue is a, a book that i'm working on i don't know if you're familiar are you familiar with jason reeves 133 mm -hmm. art mm -hmm. me and jason uh are working on this and we're going to launch a kickstarter we're still not exactly sure about the date, but I would think hopefully it'll be in the first quarter of this year. Okay. Um, we do have a Facebook page, and it's just Beautiful's BBQ. Um, and you can go there, follow, so you can kind of keep up. But of course, the algorithms are junky, so you can follow. If you follow 133 Art or follow me or any of that, you'll get the same information. 
but we are doing this. It's it's actually based in New Orleans. Good. Um, it's it's like it's some comedy mixed with some uh, like horror, like some yeah, you know, uh, 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 the type of stuff you find in New Orleans. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 be- literally it's beautiful, man. Yeah, I love this, working on the this project. This print looks beautiful. Yeah, and so we're uh, we're looking to crank that out. And so, if you guys didn't know, 133Yard does a lot of campaigns on Kickstarter as well. They do some great work. I backed a couple of their campaigns as well. They do some great work over there as well. So, if people want to follow you or find you on social media, where can they find you, Greg? Um, I'm just Greg Burnham on Facebook. Greg underscore Burnham7 on IG. And Twitter, I think it's Greg Burnham Book. I don't really do a lot on Twitter, but I should. I also got a TikTok. It's just Greg Burnham or something like that. And I'm starting to mess with that a little bit, but that's really time consuming. Marcus, you want me to tell them about you or you want to do it yourself? Yeah, I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> uh, online, I am uh, Marcus the Visual, and that's, um, you know, most of the social networks uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And I do have a TikTok, but I got like four videos on there. Not really, not really pushing that. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But uh, MarcusTheVisual.com is also my website, so okay. you can check some of my work out there. Marcus, Greg, thank you so much for joining me. Have a good one. Thank you. Again, I want to thank Marcus and Greg uh, for those um, few minutes of their time as we spoke a little bit about uh, Tuskegee Airs and and Savika. Uh, First of all, let me apologize. And, and, And even after Greg corrected me a few times in the pronunciation of the name and it's Sadika. I kept saying Sadiq. Uh, so I want to apologize for that. But uh, again, pick up both of those books, uh, particularly Tuskegee Airs. It is a very good read. Volume one, as, as I mentioned, is already out. Uh, issue four is already out and it looks like they are holding off on issuing out number five and actually want to put out a few more issues at one time uh, before that's done. But uh, I will have uh, their info in the show notes. Uh, so take a look at that again, support those guys. And, and you'll see even with this, with this second interview uh, that a lot of, a lot of these creators are using um, crowdfunding now for the the development of their their properties uh, and this was especially the case during the early days of the pandemic uh, where the only way to get comics uh, may have been on Kickstarter or indieGogo uh, and so you know you even had creators such as you know uh, Scott Snyder uh, who started Noctera uh, as a Kickstarter and that's how I you know, that's how I got into the book. I backed it on Kickstarter before it was released by Image. Uh, and so a lot of times you you see books on the stands, uh, but for some of them, uh, they get their start on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, and that's how they're able to generate traction as well as uh, get the funding so that they can have these books uh, distributed to comic shops across the country. So again, uh, if you ever get the opportunity to go out on Kickstarter or go out on Indiegogo and uh, take part in some of these campaigns to uh, support 
uh, these independent creators uh, as they look to get their work out there, uh, please do so uh, and, and, and show them your support. You know, I'm, I'm more than certain that they greatly appreciate that. Uh, this next interview with um, Fabrice Sapolsky uh, over at Fair Square Comics was just by chance. I, I, I passed the table at Fan Expo and didn't see him uh, that first time. But again, Fair Square Comics was another uh, group of creators that I backed a campaign on on Kickstarter. Uh, that first campaign was... Uh, Noir is the New Black, and what that was, it was an anthology of stories written and drawn by black creators, and uh, I had the opportunity to back that. My name is in the book, uh, at least in the Kickstarter edition, as uh, one of the backers, uh, but again, putting that book on Kickstarter allowed uh, the publisher to then get that book out in Diamond, have it out in regular distribution. And uh, you will notice that they have several campaigns that they first run on Kickstarter before it gets to uh, Diamond. And again, that's just the way that they are able to, one, get their funding in order to help produce these books so that they can be distributed uh, on a wider scale. Uh, but had this interview with him. He talked about uh, how the company came together, uh, their roots, and what they have uh, coming out in the coming months from Fair Square Comics. Uh, so take a listen and hope you enjoy. Hey guys, it's Theo over at Fan Expo New Orleans. I am here with Fabrice Sapolsky from Fair Square Comics. How's it going? Welcome to New Orleans. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. First time ever in New Orleans. Very first time? Yeah, very first time. We're usually warmer than this, but sorry about Excuse that. Excuse me? I said we're usually warmer than this, but sorry about uh, yeah. that. <laughs> well, it, we're early January, so we're yeah. not going to complain. Oh, well, <laughs> it's, it's always warm here these days. Yeah. So I first came hip to Fair Square Comics uh, a few years ago when I backed Noir is the New Black on yes. Kickstarter. Yes. And if you all don't know about that book, uh, that was a graphic novel. Oh, my God. All black creators. Yes. Short stories, and it's some of your favorite creators out there, Brandon Thomas, uh, Greg Walker, any, and I had to back it. You look at my name, is in there. Yes. Uh, and then uh, after that, they also put out Mutiny Magazine. Now, I yes. missed out on that one, but uh, yes. Theo's in Biomode tomorrow, so you'll be picking that up tomorrow. But tell a little bit, tell the fans a little bit about who Fair Square Comics is. So, I mean, Fair Square Comics is a family affair. Uh, it's a company that is operated by me, uh, my partner, and my son. So it's a, a, like a mom and pops type of, of a comic book publisher. Um, our lane is because we are immigrants and minority, and we are putting out comics from people like us. That's why our motto is comics from the rest of us, uh, because we're different than the other guys and we still have a flavor and we want not just put out our own material which we do but also bring all the people like 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 us to the full um and uh and we think that we we can make a difference with um 
the fact that every creator that works with us uh, retains their own rights. Um, and we have, no pun intended, a color-coded system to show people how serious we are about that. Like, if you see the Fair Square Comics logo in green, that means that it, these are the IPs that are controlled by us, by me, or by Fair Square Comics. If you see the Fair Square logo in purple, it's all creator-owned from third-party creators. And if you see Fair Square Comics logo in blue, um, this is for Mutiny Magazine and the content that we source from third-party publishers from around the world. So we really have an international mindset, which is <laughs> kind of logical for immigrants. Um, uh, but we also, we also want to bring out the best of American and North American publishers, uh, North American uh, talent, sorry. Uh, so this, this is our little different flavor. Uh, we also decided to venture in the magazine um, territory, which is something that is pretty crazy when you think about it, because there hasn't been any new magazine about uh, comic books in a, in a very long time. And, and Mutiny has this, this particular lane that it's, uh, it's the, the best of all worlds. It's mainstream comics means independent comics all under one roof and, and that's why we call it mutiny because it's it's like completely different it's it's out of this world so you have the attractiveness of, of the big characters we have for example on issue one we have uh, the boys we have we celebrated the, the 15th anniversary of the boys with the creators Derek Robertson who does the cover and uh, the cover a and um, and uh, Garth Ennis who is interviewed in the magazine but next to those talents, those big name talents, we also have Stephanie Phillips, we also have Sal Bushima um, in that number one issue. Um, you have 50 to 60 pages of original comic uh, stories for independent, from independent creators. And it's, it's really a way of helping independent creators getting a wider audience. Um, so we have, a, we have an agreement, a distribution agreement with Diamond Comics. Uh, so we are in the previous catalog, we are on Amazon, we are on, in, at Barnes & Noble, we are everywhere. And we, again, we try to make a difference and we try to show our flavor and our colors. Okay, so in addition to Noir is the New Black and Mutiny Magazine, what else can fans, what, what other titles are out there that fans should be picking up right now? So right now, so you mentioned Noir is the New Black, which is our bestseller. Someone very uh, But we also have Intertwined, which is one of my creator owns. Uh, it's a Kung Fu Noir story. It's a hero story told from the perspective of an immigrant. Uh, so again, it's something that it's close to my heart. It hits home for you. <laughs> it hits home, absolutely, uh, wherever home is. Um, and, um, and he's been uh, back in store since uh, October 20th. So you can find it. Um, you also can find it on our website, fairsquarecomics.com. Um, so you have Intertwine. You have One Hit Wonder, which is coming back uh, to, uh, to the comic book stores and the general stores this month. Um, and it's the story of a child actor who grows up angry and becomes a headman for the mob. I know, crazy, right? Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> and our next wave of title, which are, we are already planning, involves uh, one of the, uh, the one of the IPs that we kickstarted successfully in 20, late 2021 called Ladybird. Yeah. And Ladybird is the story of two women with mysterious superpowers, but separated by a hundred years, and both being used 
One as a weapon of war, and the second one as a uh, uh, as a kind of guinea pig for the, the pharmaceutical industry. And they both have to reach their own freedom and understand what connects them, despite the fact they're on in two different timelines. Gotcha. So. Uh, in addition to your website, where else can fans follow Fair Square if they want to keep in track and keep up to date on we what you are, guys are doing? We are on every possible social media. Like almost. We are on on uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, wherever wherever you you connect, you will find LinkedIn. We're everywhere on on the social space. Of course, we have, as we mentioned the website fairsquarecomics.com and we're touring like as much as we can uh, we're doing about 15 to 20 shows a year hopefully those shows won't get cancelled because of COVID uh, but last year even like in 2021 we still managed to do 12 shows so it was not that bad um, you, did, so, you did two shows more than I did I traveled to 10 shows last year <laughs> yeah and I mean it's very important for us to connect with people because real people come to shows and they come here to discover people like us because sometimes it's very hard to have your voice heard when you have hundreds of comics coming out in stores every week and we, we acknowledge that and even though we are trying to uh, get as, as, as close as possible connect as much as possible with the stores with the comic book store especially on the direct market it's still very hard there are over 2,000 stores in North America so it takes a while and getting to convention allows us to connect with the public uh, we also ha we also frequently do quick starters uh, which helps so uh, if you have been uh, a backer of one of our kickstarters there's a lot uh, there's there are like there are chances that you'll get a, a note a notification when we're doing a new campaign and hopefully you'll stick with us because we'll have we have a crazy project that I can't announce yet uh, but we have crazy project the, the thing that I can tell you is that if you like Where's the New Black there's gonna be a second volume oh great that's gonna be called uh, case files, Noir's oh, New yeah, Black case yeah. files. Okay. It's going to be kind of capitalize on what we have in the first volume and bring something new. Um, there's going to be more intertwined also. There's a spin-off that is in the works. Uh, we have a new series, a new all-ages series called Shakespeare's Vampires that will premiere exclusively in Mutiny Number 2 and then will be in stores at the end of this year or probably early next. Um, we have plenty of projects brewing at Fair Square Comics. And again, guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have their contact info in the show notes so you can follow them. If you wanna support them directly, you can go to their website at fairsquarecomics.com. You can buy their books there. Uh, again, be on the lookout for the, camp, for the Kickstarter Thank campaign. I, I, I do a lot of my comics these days. I go out to Kickstarter. That's the best way to support some of these indie publishers yes. that are out there. Yes. You know, it allows them to really get into the stores because that 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 campaign will help them produce the books that that need to get into the store. So yes. if you can support them on the on their Kickstarter campaign when they when they have them out there. And as for mutiny, mutiny is quarterly, so you can not only just have it in the stores. Every issue is available in stores. But like for example, issue one was sold out at the distributor's level on day one of its release. So it was really a problem. And now the only copies are, are with us. Um, but hopefully for issue two, which comes out in March, retailers will order more, we're gonna produce more, and people will enjoy more. But you can also subscribe directly on our website for a year. 
uh, to mutiny. Okay, guys, and, and, and believe me, you know, I, I would beat my head when I missed out on the campaign for mutiny when it was first put out. And like I said, tomorrow I'll be in buyer's mode. And I'll be picking up <laughs> Thank these you. variant covers are absolutely beautiful. I remember the Spawn cover, because that was the main cover for, for issue first zero. issue. But yeah. these other covers, and if I can remember, was it J. Scott Campbell that did the, the what? Was it J. Scott Campbell who did the, the variant? Yes, for, for there's, there's the J. Scott Campbell here. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and uh, all our covers are exclusive. So again, guys, these, 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 these are some high quality books, some high quality stories. Again, you all know how much of a fan of Brandon Thomas that I am. <laughs> He's in Noir, The New Black. Yes, he you is. Know, support Fair Square, support all these indie publishers that are out there. Fabrice Sapolsky, again, welcome to New Orleans. Good luck with Fair Square Comics. Thank you very much. Thank you much. for joining me on the Comic Bin. Appreciate it. So again, thanks to Fabrice uh, for his time and, and speaking to me about what's going on at Fair Square Comics. Again, I'll have their info in the show notes as well uh, if you're interested in picking up some of their stuff. And, you know, I pick, like I said, um, Sunday, sorry, Saturday, I was in buyer's mode. You know, Friday was press day for me. So I, I went out there and, and picked up, as I said, I would picked up uh, copies of both Mutiny number one and two. And man, let me tell you, that was some uh, quality stuff. So if you, you have the opportunity to pick up a copy or subscribe, please do so. Uh, there's some quality stuff in there. And also, you know, as I mentioned, I did go back and uh, get a few prints from Marcus Williams as well. I ended up getting uh, not only a Storm print, but also a Nubia one. Uh, you know, I've become a renewed fan in Nubia since uh, the latest series from Stephanie Williams uh, has been out at DC Comics. So I was able to pick up a few prints to hang on the wall, as well as uh, a couple of copies of Mutiny. And I also picked up uh, issue four of Tuskegee Airs from Marcus and Greg. And I uh, hope to have those guys on the show again sometime soon, uh, when whenever they release the next, the next issue or issues of Tuskegee Airs, so we can see where, where the Avenger takes that game. Uh, there were a few other guys that I wanted to interview uh, at Fan Expo, and for one reason or another, uh, couldn't do couldn't do it. Um, wanted to interview Jerry Dugan. Uh, he ended up canceling uh, within uh, that week of the of the event. Uh, again, like I said, when when Omicron really kicked up, uh, you you saw a lot of folks start to drop off the attendee list uh, you know usually in the con life you know you always have cancellations but uh, the number was really high uh, this time at least it seemed that way to me uh, but getting the show went on I was happy to be able to attend uh, like I said just couldn't uh, interview all the folks that I wanted to speak with uh, I also wanted to speak with uh, John Delancey, a.k.a. Q from Star Trek Next Generation. Uh, but the timing just wasn't right. Uh, when By the time he showed up, it was time for his panel on the main stage. He was one of the first panels of the show on that Friday. And by the time uh, his panel was over, uh, he came out to 
do autographs and pictures and such. So I uh, wasn't able to connect with him on that day. I wasn't able to get him to sign my copy of uh, The Gift as well, which was the uh, comic book that he wrote uh, back in the 90s uh, for Star Trek, The Next Generation. Uh, so, but I have a copy of that. Maybe I'll get to see him again some other day and, and, and get him to put his John Hancock on that. And then the last person I wanted to uh, speak with uh, was Mark Russell, uh, who was also in attendance. He uh, was not at the show on Friday. I don't know if you guys follow him on Twitter and social media or not, but he had bad. He had a bad. He had a bad time getting out to New Orleans. His flight was canceled uh, in Denver, and then uh, once he was able to get to New Orleans, uh, he made it there, but his bags didn't. So he was able to make it to New Orleans, but unfortunately, uh, none of his stuff did. So he he had some hours in the city with no clothes. But not only that, he didn't have any books or material that usually makes up a creator's table at a con. So he was uh, selling hand-drawn pictures and doing autographs that way. Uh, got him to sign a few issues that I brought uh, with me. But when I went back on Sunday, he was still there. And at this point, he had uh, his stuff with him. His bags had been delivered. And uh, I was able to get a, a graphic, uh, not a graphic novel, but a uh, trade paperback of Prez, uh, the uh, six-issue mini that he did for DC uh, several years ago. It was a six-issue mini that was meant to be a 12, and they cut in half due to sales. But it was, it was to me, a great series that, again, DC just didn't give time to develop and get the crowd to pick up. You know, again, it was about sales for DC, and it's always about sales for DC. And, you know, if something doesn't develop quick enough for them, they will... Uh, Go ahead and nix it. Uh, so, but I was able to pick up a copy of that, and I, I I'm gonna read that when when I get some time on my hand. But he and I spoke for a minute and had a good chat. But he agreed to come on the show sometime in the future. So, uh, be on the lookout for that. And that is going to do it for this episode of the Comic Ben Comic Book Podcast. Uh, again, I want to. Thank the fine folks at Fan Expo, uh, particularly Jerry Molini, uh, who is the PR manager, who was uh, able to accommodate uh, us and getting us in with press credentials so that we can uh, interview the guys that we were able to interview. But I want to thank him again personally for uh, his assistance with uh, not only getting us in, but also setting up our previous uh episode with setting up the interview with the comics coordinator over at Fan Expo. Um, next time, I promise you guys, we will be doing a previews episode. Um, my catalog is in hand. I have those things all marked up and ready. Uh, so we will be doing a quick previews episode. Uh, but be on the lookout for that as well. As, um, as I mentioned, I'm going to be working up a, a article, a story for the website on uh, con season 2021, at least from uh, 
my viewpoint and the various shows that I was able to attend last year. Uh, if I can go off the top of my head, I want to say there were 10 shows uh, that I attended in 2021. So I, I was able to do a lot of catching up. Uh, got a lot of miles on the uh, on the credit card and uh, with my frequent flyer miles. Uh, but we're now in the 2022. Uh, I would uh, truly enjoy Fan Expo New Orleans. It is most definitely not going to be the last show that I attend this year. And it's likely not the last Fan Expo show that I'll be attending uh, this year as well. Uh, but again, be on the lookout for that coverage as well as I get on get on the tour and, and, and get out there and, and visit these uh, various shows throughout the year. Uh, be on the lookout for for those things. And uh, thanks to the fans who also approached me at uh, Fan Expo, I was able to give away some some lanyards to those that were in attendance who came up and spoke to me for a few minutes. And as always, you can find the Comic Band Comic Book Podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast episodes and on social media at Twitter and on Instagram. But as always, I thank you all for your support of the show. And until next time, keep reading those comics.